Howdy, you're listening to the Think Brazos podcast. BCS Habitat for Humanity started this podcast back in 2020 as a way to get to know our policymakers and advocate for good housing policies in a growing community. Over the last two years, we've interviewed experts from the Mercatus Center in D.C. on how better housing policies can reduce the spread of the coronavirus. We've talked to local residents about how proposed legislation in College Station might impact them, and we've interviewed local candidates running for political office in the November elections. What we haven't done yet is interview primary candidates, but that changes in 2022. We've just interviewed the four Republican candidates for Brazos County Precinct 2. Why just Republicans, you might ask? Because there are no Democrats running for this office, so the primary election is the election. By the way, even if you live inside city limits, you're still a county resident, so this election matters to you too. And if you're in Brazos County, but not in Precinct 2, you can still get value out of this series because these candidates discuss the challenges that the entire commissioner's court will face together, and Precinct 2 will be one vote among five for county-level decisions. Thanks for listening, and be sure to share these episodes with your friends before you vote, on or before March 1st. And just remember, think local, think Brazos. joined by Silas Garrett Jr., uh, who is running for Precinct 2 on the Commissioner's Court for Brazos County. Uh, thank you so much for coming today, Mr. Garrett. Oh, thank you for having me today. So you are a local businessman in Bryan. Um, you own, I believe it's called George's Paint and Body, for how many years? Uh, my wife and I have owned that for 17 years. Uh, wow. We we bought George's in 2006. Okay. Uh, it was a dying business that mm-hmm. we bought. We had a body man, a painter, a secretary that answered the phone, and, and literally that was it, one building. Uh, wow. My wife and I with each other, faith of God, uh, and just raw determination, we built what we have now. We have three buildings, mm-hmm. uh, the entire city block, uh, have 18 employees. We were blessed to open a glass shop, George's Auto Glass in 2019. Uh, we have four employees there. Uh, I've had all my children work for me. Uh, my daughter is actually the manager of my body shop at cool. this point. Uh, and my youngest son is the manager of my glass shop. That is really cool. Um, so I was going to ask you who George was, but that kind of explains it. Because I'm thinking Mr. Garrett and George, but that makes a lot of sense. I got you. Uh, so why are you running? Well, I'm running because we need a strong businessman in the county commissioner's seat, uh, especially on Precinct 2. It's one of the largest precincts in Brazos County. and incorporates quite a bit of territory, not only county territory, but city territory. That's the northeast quadrant uh, of the county, right? Yes, sir. It's, it's the complete northeast quadrant of the county. Okay. Uh, going from OSR all the way down to 30 to the Navasota River. Okay. But it does incorporate town also because it comes up through Briarcrest. Right. Uh, the Phillips Event Center, uh, straight up Briarcrest to Villa Maria, incorporates all of that over by me, the old municipal golf course mm-hmm. where the new... Uh, 
I, I guess, fun center that's going to be there with the old golf course. Right. Uh, the so Little League North area, uh, all the way to Traditions, and it goes to 47. So it cuts a big swath through town also. Uh, and there's a small piece of College Station that nobody really knows really? about that's just north of Harvey Road, that little small okay. section right there. There's a Liberty neighborhood right there that is actually part of Precinct 2 also. Okay. So basically, you want someone with business experience and, and you feel that, that um, you're the person for that job. Yes, sir. Um, with us, with me, you're saying buying of dying business mm -hmm. and building the business up uh, with my wife. You know, honestly, I thought I knew how to run a business until I owned a business. And it was more uh, than I ever thought it was going to be. It was more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I took classes on management classes. Oh. I took classes, you know, how to run a budget. Uh, I actually, you know, had to write business plans for for the business. It's not just as simple as stepping in and fixing a car and delivering it. There's a lot of backside that nobody realizes. And owning a business and growing the business that we have, working with limited dollars uh, is the same way with accounting. Because you have limited dollars, sure. Um, and you have to work with inside that, that budget but there's lots of departments. Uh, even in a small business, you have lots of little sections that you got to deal with. Um, and some sections want more money than other sections. Sure. Uh, and even though I'm the owner, you know, it's still, you, you have to deal with those monetary issues. Yeah. Uh, with common sense, with everyday common sense. It's not, I can just throw money at it and get rid of it. It's, you know, well, where is this money going to come from? How am I going to get it done? It's like if the lift goes down, yeah. you know, do I fix it? Do I replace it? Well, if I don't have money to replace it, I got to make, make sure it's maintained to use until I can replace yeah. it. And in the county is the same way. You know, when you're talking about roads and bridges, mm -hmm. you're talking about uh, sheriff's department, the constable department, you know, there's everything that's involved, you know, that you got to look at. And as one vote on a commissioner court uh, out of five, sure. it can be tough because you got to get everybody involved, everybody on board, and everybody you're saying to agree yeah. on that situation. So, which makes it great that there is multiple votes, but right. still, you know, precinct two is only one vote of five. Sure. Okay. And as far as any other priorities or things that you maybe want changed regarding uh, county administration or what have you. Do you have any, uh, like a list of things that you want to get accomplished should you be elected? Well, change, really, no. You're, the county is run well. Um, I'm not going to say that it's not. They do look at a lot of things. I do believe that we need a little bit more uh, common sense on things that are coming up, new items that are you know, they're on the horizon. Uh, our county's growing tremendously. Right. Uh, so we need to make sure that we use everyday common sense. We don't need special, oh, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. We need to look at it in a whole, not as individual. Uh, we need all four commissioners to work cohesively 
to make sure that it's done done properly uh, because we got to make sure that still our county produces uh, right. and goes forward but we need to make sure that our county is still whole what specifically uh, what role do you see the county and the administration of the county having in this tremendous growth that you're seeing as far as managing that growth? Well, with that, the county itself, because most of the growth will be within inside the city, the city, city government will actually handle most of that area. It's the outside city limits to where we will have to step up uh, and take a look at with the new corridor coming in, you know what I'm saying, informing the residents and letting them know where the road's actually going to be. Well, how is it going to impact their life? Uh, is there going to be businesses that come out there? As a commissioner, I can't bring a business, but if we know of a business that's coming in, we can tell the community, hey, you know, a certain store or a certain hotel or a certain entity is going to come in. This is going to be the impact with more traffic, with more, you know, uh, infrastructure going to come up, housing or you're saying whatever you're saying, you're going to have to have utilities you know, yeah. to look at. There's a lot of things that we can do. And as a commissioner, we should be the interim between the public and the county and city, you're saying, mm -hmm. working with all the entities. So the county is known, if you compare it to the cities, when it comes to things like land use regulations and any regulations, it's kind of known as, as not having nearly the amount of regulations. Um, being that Habitat for Humanity, where we work, is a uh, home builder, we've gotten to see that at least one time when we built outside of the city limits. Some have said that I, with I-14 coming in, in that corridor, that the county may need to look, take another look at its land use regulations. Um, have you thought about that at all as far as the pressures coming from I-14? Is there a need for the county to look at more regulation or different? Well, maybe not more regulations, but maybe to, uh, modernize the regulations that we already have okay. uh, with sewer. You know, in the county, we don't have a sewer system. We have aerobic systems. Right. Uh, so you're saying each landowner will create their own, you're saying right. dispose of that way. And the way it's set up now, field lines, drip lines, you're saying are a thing of the past. You're saying mm -hmm. now you have uh, tanks that you're saying actually dispose of waste in a better way. You're saying more eco-friendly, I guess would be the best way to say that. Um, but to modernize what we already have existing, you're saying take a look at it and take a look at it in real life versus, you know, somebody's pipe dream. You know, you don't want them to come out there and tell you that you got to have light switches that are motion detected. You you don't want that kind of regulation because that's too strict and too strenuous. You want them to go out just to make sure that the house is safe, that you, the land that you build on, your right. slab that you put it on, uh, isn't going to move because our soul, you know, if you've lived here forever, you know, our soul moves. And, right. Um, you know, you want to make sure that whatever we do build, uh, is going to be there for the longevity versus a short period of time, uh, houses on pier and beam, 
is a thing of the past. Everybody is putting slab down, so it makes it a whole lot harder. So the regulations, I can't say you're saying they might, some of them might be outdated. So we just need to take a look at them and upgrade what we have. So that brings up an interesting point. Uh, There are a lot of homes in the county, including one that I live in, that's a pier and beam, that old style. Um, and all the issues that come with it that I've gotten to see firsthand. Um, but at the same time, there's still a lot of people who, who use that style. Um, are you kind of saying that maybe you would support um, additional county regulations um, like what the cities have? I know the city of Bryan, I think they require a slab. Um, I'm just curious if we could hear a little more about, about that. Well, like I say, it's, it's upgrading. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're going to live out on the edge and you're going to put a mobile home or you're saying a house that you're going to build and it's on pier and beam, uh, the inspections that need to be brought up. If it is pier and beam, you're saying are the beams secure versus just sitting on a block that's going to move up and down and all of a sudden you get these bows in your house because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to spend a hundred thousand dollars on a home and you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden have this big hump in your floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, just small details. Uh, a slab closer to town would be more applicable because you're know saying the city is going to move. Uh, yeah. It is going to grow. It's going to expand. So you don't want to be in something that's not up to date or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, up to a standard that the city upholds. Yeah. So no, I don't want, like I say, I don't want more regulation. I just want better observance of it and update the the systems that we have. I see. So as the county grows and the cities grow into the county, um, do you see there being a increased um, need for things like more affordable housing, styles of housing that outside or on the edge, as you were saying, of these cities uh, that's maybe a little different than what we've seen before. You know, I'm sure there are builders out there that are want would love to be able to put, say, a uh, you know fairly affordable rental uh, unit, things like that, um, as well as you know single family homes. You mentioned a mobile home, which is a more affordable option. Um, do you see more of that coming up in the future on the edge? But, I do see more, you're saying, houses coming up. And affordability of the house is a big concern. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up without, um, you know, like, uh, when I grew up in, uh, I mean, Taylor. Okay. I grew up, I was raised on the corner of Dick Elliott and Francis. Mm -hmm. Dad had a little bit of land out there. Uh, We didn't even have indoor plumbing until I was 13. Wow. Uh, we, We had electricity when mom and daddy could afford it. Uh, you know, it was, it was one of those things. So I, I knew what it takes and I do know what it takes to live, you know what I'm saying, on a limited budget, yeah. you know what I'm saying, on a limited income that you have. So housing is being built now that are $250,000, $300,000. Some of these people just cannot afford houses right. like that. So housing that you can build that's still, you know, a square foot, 13, 1400 square foot, it's affordable for somebody. Um, and if it has to be on pier and beam, you're saying further out in the country or on a slab, uh, closer to town, we, we need them to be able to be built, uh, 
to where people can get them move into them uh, economically. Uh, yeah. we're, not everybody makes $100,000 a year. Sure. Uh, you know, it's people, you're saying, in our community, mm-hmm. you're saying there's a lot of us that you're saying, look at, you know, can we go out to eat? Can we go to the movies? Can we do this? And they're looking at the house in the same way. My youngest son is looking at buying a house now, you know, to build a house. And it's, it's difficult. You know, he's, he's looking at not only cost of house, but you got cost of taxes. You got insurance. You got everything that goes along with it. You know, is there infrastructure coming out to the house? Um, you know, is there a city sewer or you're saying some form of sewer? What type of water? Um, you know, that you're going to use is it city water or Wixon water or Welburn water? Uh, there's a lot of aspects that people have to look at. It's not just the home. It's everything that goes around the home with it. Uh, you know, what kind of septic are you going to have? Is it going to be city septic or is it going to be aerobic? How are you going to maintain and do all this? And with taxes in the area, we have strenuous taxes in the area. And I can't say that they're ever going to go drop down low. Uh, I believe we need to maintain the taxes, you know, that we have, or you know what I'm saying, decrease just a little bit because property values keep going up. Well, that means that's a tax increase and people, you know, have to weigh that out with their mortgage. Right. Uh, because that increases their mortgage along with it. So you know, people do look at this. Yeah. Uh, and when people say, oh, well, I helped lower taxes and their taxes went up, it's kind of an oxymoron, you're saying, statement. So I want to make sure that the income that's coming in through Brian, you know, the taxable income, the $21.5 billion, you're saying, can still maintain what we're doing in the county uh, without raising taxes a whole lot. We don't want to implement new taxes uh, because there's certain neighborhoods, new neighborhoods that can be imposed on an infrastructure tax uh, Mm -hmm. that people don't realize that is there until they buy the house. And, you know, do we need that extra tax? Or can we look at what we have and work with what we got? Because in this new COVID era, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough on everyone, not just a, a select few on everyone. It's tough because, you know, we don't know if we got to wear masks. We don't know if we can go to work. We don't yeah. know if we can do this because it just kind of heals around. Yeah. Well, I believe we can, as a commissioner, I can look at the budgetary issues through all the departments and go, okay, is this necessary? Is this a pipe dream? Is yeah. this or whatever? And I, I want to make sure that our county can still afford what we got. We don't want to lose people. Yeah. We want, you're saying, to gain people in the area. Because the more people that move in, the more tax revenue we get, the more budgetary stuff we can right. do. That's a, that's a really good point. And uh, from my perspective, it, it seems like in some ways the county is going the way of Travis County, where you've got the the less well-off people trying to buy a house. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of people looking at Caldwell, looking at places like that, even though they work and live right now in, in Brazos County, just because the appraisals are so high. So yeah, that's a really tough kind of situation. Um, let's switch gears for a minute uh, with the time we have left. And 
I noticed something interesting that I was hoping you could expound upon on your campaign website. You say that one of your um, experiences is advocacy at the state and local level or city level, I believe it says. Um, can you talk a little more about that um, as far as your advocacy efforts and what, what were you getting at with that statement? Well, um, I've been involved with the community forever. Um, you know, in high school, I was in FFA. You know, I, I raised the stock animal. I yeah. uh, was in the rodeo club. You know, cool. but you're saying as I got older, I've become involved with Little League. Uh, Brian North here. I was a coach for 23 years. I was actually president for four or five. So I don't know how long I was president, but you know, I, I deal with it. Uh, but I not only was president, was on board. I coached three teams. Uh, I coached all three of my children, and I made time for them. Uh, so I'm an advocacy for the youth in Brazos County. I'm, okay. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that uh, the youth has something to do. Uh, as a child, we had Pooch Park, uh, which was in College Station. It was a fun little outfit that we could go ride go-karts, play football, golf, and do all this stuff. It was a, a fun place to go. and as time has progressed, there's less and less for our youth to do. And idle hands make bad hands. So that's true. we, you're saying, so I'm, I'm an advocacy for Lily, for, you're saying, soccer, yeah. for, uh, I've coached my daughter in soccer. Uh, you're saying, I, I want to make sure that the youth in our community do that. I was part of the BBB. Uh, I finished a two year unexpired term that I was elected onto the board twice. So even though the board members of the BBB are only can do serve six years, I was able to serve eight years. Uh, is that locally or locally? Say, okay. That was, you're saying our local in which encompass, I want to say it was nine counties okay. um, over in East Texas. Uh, now our local BBB is implemented in Austin, but you're saying when I was on the board, it was actually here locally. So I got to handle some issues, you're saying, through businesses, you're saying here. Yeah. Uh, doing things with the city. Uh, my daughter brought this up, or my youngest son, I don't remember which one it was. I lived over off of Green Street, across uh, the street from the old municipal golf course in Villa Maria. Well, when they were building the underpass, uh, there on Villa Maria, our street became a cut through because, you know, they would close yeah. Villa Maria and they had to get around and it was hard to get on Welburn. Well, our neighborhood was the perfect cut through. Well, I had young children yeah. at the time and I was so worried about these cars pulling off of Villa Maria going 45 miles an hour, yeah. you know, hurting uh, a neighborhood sure. child because sure. there was a lot of, and there's still a lot of kids mm -hmm. over in that neighborhood. Right. And so I protested to the city to close Green Street to Bill Maria, make it a cul-de-sac. And the city said, no, we don't have money. We don't have the money to do that. So I actually got with some different departments, found out how much it was going to cost to close the road. At the time, it was going to cost about $20,000. Mm. The city told me, no, we don't have money to do that. We can't impose that. That's, that's a pipe dream. And I fought for it for probably six to seven months and the streets closed. It is a permanent cul-de-sac okay. uh, that you're saying we dealt with. Awesome. So I'm getting involved, mm -hmm. I will get involved and I have gotten involved and I do want to do that. State level, 
Uh, I do, you're saying, with the body shop because mm-hmm. of insurance uh, purposes, you're saying dealing with the insur- different insurance companies, dealing with different cars and different things like that. I had to go to Austin uh, to work on a house bill mm-hmm. with, uh, there's a group of body shop owners. Uh, it's a I small, see. you're saying, mm-hmm. coordination of body shops. So sure. we all got together and we went to Austin to work on a house bill. Uh, this has been four or five years ago. Uh, at that time, that bill, we wanted 10 words changed on the bill. Okay. Uh, just, you're saying the bill was written fine, but there was a couple of words yeah. that needed to have mm-hmm. more specific meaning versus, you're saying, a broad meaning. Uh, now, we got four words changed versus the 10, but we did get some words changed. Uh, we did impose a new bill uh, about two years ago, three years ago, because of an accident car was repaired wrong, uh, yeah. it got in another wreck and it killed everybody in the car and so and it was a Honda. Um, it was kind of big news up in uh, Dallas uh, and so we actually got together again to help impose that you're saying the car, there's procedures that the manufacturers put out that right. the body shops need to follow and not just you're right. saying have an insurance company tell us no do this. Yeah. Where we know where the we were the professional and they were just kind of the advisory on it, and we needed to tell them this is the way it needed to be fixed. So we brought up another house bill, which is still under consideration. Okay. You know, moving bills through the state is That's hard. It's not a very quick process. It's yeah, a, it's a really really slow process. So I I haven't got to go back yeah. to Austin uh, in the past year or so. Okay. Uh, but you're know saying going to Austin was really you're know saying eye-opening experience. Yeah. Uh, I got to talk to John Rainey in his office about all this. And oh, great. It was fun to do. So. That's cool. Well, I'm sorry we're just about out of time, but uh, if you could just quickly give uh, the voters uh, how they can get in touch with you, learn more about your campaign, uh, or help your campaign. Well, um, you go to my website, Vote Oscar, uh, on there. My phone number is 979 979- Three two four six four five five. I've had this number for a long time. Yeah. Certainly call me. Um, you can email me at that vote silent scary. Uh, I would love to hear from people. I have already gotten some uh, emails on that to do that. Um, I'm a local businessman that wants to do good for his county. I'm not. I'm not a politician. I don't <laughs> talk like a politician, and I definitely don't look like a politician. Uh, I'm just a, a regular guy that wants to serve his community and his county. Um, you know, I would love the support donations from saying I'm, I'm on a budget with sure. my campaign. I don't have funds that you're know saying like some other candidates, uh, you're know saying I'm, I'm working with what I got and what I can collect and uh, that I'm trying to get the word out the best I can uh, to my ability. I'm, I'm enjoying this. This is new. I've never ran for office. So this is making me really nervous. So I kind of stutter a little bit, but I'm I'm having a good time. This is this has been this has been fun, and I I want the people to realize we need somebody that's just like them in office, somebody yeah. that they can talk to as a friend versus as a politician. Yeah, uh, I'm a guy that people come to my shop. You're know saying and mm-hmm. tell me express concerns and. I talk to other people, you know what I'm saying, to help yeah. fix their concerns. I may not know every answer, and if I don't know the answer, I'll let you know. I don't know the answer, and I'll get back with you. I'll find out, and I'll get back with you. That's that's the honor of a godly man, and 
that's what I want. That's what I've been for many, many years. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be forever. Uh, people ask me if I'm going to change if I get elected. No, I'm going to be the exact same man that I am today that I will be tomorrow. So that's awesome. Well, it's been fun today. Again, this is uh, Silas Garrett Jr. who's running for precinct two of the. I almost said city council, <laughs> the county commissioner's court. It's been fun. No, thank you very much. The Think Brass's podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Alexa. We'd love to hear from you and what you think of our content. You can send us an email at thinkbrasses at gmail.com or message us through social media. Thanks for listening, and just remember, think local, think brasses.